The views and opinions expressed in this program are our own and do not reflect those of any entities we represent. Hey everyone, welcome back for episode three of Previews and T-Views. I'm Cheyenne. And I'm Myla. And today we're going to be talking about the menu. But first, we're going to talk about what tea we're drinking. Mm -hmm. So I made the tea from my wonderful big sister and we're both drinking ginger peach black tea. And I actually got this because back in the day, we used to go to lunch at Nordstrom's mm -hmm. and we would get the ginger peach tea. Did you know they don't sell that anymore? I didn't. I thought all the Nordstrom cafes were closed. No, there's a few of them left, but none of them sell the ginger peach tea because every time I go to one, I always ask. Mm. You'll probably get Panera or something. Probably. It's going to be too sweet, though. Anyway, so we're drinking ginger peach black tea and let's hop into the movie. So the menu came out a couple of months ago in theaters. It's now showing on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. um, and it's featuring Anya Taylor-Joy as Margot, the main character, and Nicholas Holt, who uh, plays Tyler, who's her fiancé, um, and a bunch of other people. But basically, the movie is about a secret tasting that's put on by a world-renowned chef, and it's invite only like this is a super special tasting because the chef personally invited almost everyone who was there so mm -hmm. it features food critics um just some foodies some kind of washed up celebrities all around just rich people who um could afford to get here after they were invited and the only person who wasn't invited in the same way that everyone else was um was tyler who is played by nicholas holt and he did in fact get an invite but the only reason he was invited is because he pestered the chef mm -hmm. so much um that the chef just invited him as kind of like a way to shut him up and tyler brought margo who's played by Anya taylor joy as his date yeah so throughout the movie um you know, of course, with secret tasting, there's just different courses over the menu. So um, we see from the beginning them just um, being shown around the property because it was kind of a secret island that they were invited to eat at. Um, and then course by course, the movie just goes on. And with each course, just the chef and his team and also um, just the people who they're eating with, everyone just seems to get a little bit more extreme and... You know, stuff just starts happening one by one, and then we kind of see the menu unfold as through the chef's eyes. Yeah, so in the beginning of the movie, everyone has to meet at this dock, and they are ferried to this island. Um, and from the very beginning, like, they're told no cell phones, no communications, um, just to enjoy the experience and truly, like, experience the experience, not necessarily, you know, be so concerned about making a live or a reel or taking mm -hmm. photos or anything like that. So when they first get to the island, they're given a tour of the property, as Milo said, and they see people who are out in the ocean catching the scallops for their dinner. They see the smokehouse. They see like the meat curing station. Meat curing. <clears throat> and they're shown around by Elsa, who she's not a sous chef, and I'm not quite is she like, I guess her, his assistant. Yeah. Um, she shows them like where they sleep. She shows them where they live. And from the very beginning, you get the feeling that the chef is super strict. Like everything is run almost like a prison. Like mm -hmm. they eat and sleep and live there and they spend their entire day preparing this food. So after they get into the island, they're escorted into the dining area. And there, they're able to actually see 
the team preparing their meal. And that's when uh, Tyler makes his presence known as the very annoying guest. Yes, he is the foodie in the group. Yes, and he's very much like almost a one-upper where um, one of the sous chefs is like using a Paco jet and Tyler's like, oh, is that a Paco jet? I know things about kitchen utensils. Mm-hmm. I'm so fancy. Um, and he's, he's Margot's date. Anyway, so their first course is like a melon ball snow kind of thing. And that's kind of one of the first instances where the food critic starts making up her own words and like coming up with different ways of tasting this food. Like she says that there's a kid tasting mm-hmm. at the end and just it's she's very annoying to watch and her like little lap dog is just hyping her up at the every word she says. Um, and then the foodie bros or no, the, the finance bros are kind of getting drunk and being belligerent. Um, you see the wash up celebrity his assistant tries to quit, um, but she doesn't. And just with every meal, like every course, there's a story from the chef. And at first, it kind of starts out normal, but then the story just kind of kind of turns into something like, "Oh, like that's crazy." And then I don't know. The customers like they do think it's weird, but they just continue eating because it's like this world-renowned chef. And it's just like, oh, "Okay, this is um, just a personal story." whatever, just eat the meal and move on. But that's kind of like the first instance of like, okay, this is weird. Yeah, one of the dishes was um, barbecue turkey or barbecue chicken-like tacos. And as he's serving this meal, he's telling a story about how his father, who was an abusive alcoholic, was strangling his mom with a telephone cord. And the only reason that chef was able to get his father off of his mom was by stabbing him in the thigh with some scissors. So the presentation of the meal <laughs> was a wrapped up telephone cord like on the plate with the chicken thigh on top of it with a pair of gold scissors stuck into it. Yeah. It was Taco Tuesday. It was Taco Tuesday, <laughs> yeah. And then the tortillas were printed with um, like a laser printer. Yeah, and it had pictures of all of them from that day, which is when they kind of figured out like, oh, this is... Like, not even weird. This is just kind of creepy. Yeah, it was, like, them that day. It was also, uh, like, them cheating on their spouses. It was their forged documents for their jobs. Mm-hmm. It was just basically all of their dirt that they wanted to stay hidden. That's when they kind of figure out, oh, dang, chef, you know, has it out for me. I might start to get a little, you know, worried at this point. Uh, one of the things I forgot to mention was in the beginning of the movie, Marco was about to smoke a cigarette and Tyler like lost his his crap he was like no you can't smoke you know you're gonna mess up your sinuses and you can't taste the food and he was because he was very very pretentious about it and that's pretty much how he is the rest of the movie he's yeah. kind of like on edge but also kind of like condescending pretentious all that and because Tyler is so pretentious but also wants to be acknowledged by chef he embarrasses himself throughout this entire movie from the Paco Jet comment to him being caught taking pictures of the meal to him uh, like yelling at Marco and every time he does something that we're trying to get chef's attention in a positive light, he ends up embarrassing himself and pissing the chef off even more. Yeah. So after some time has passed, you know, they go on to the next meal. Um, this is kind of like the first like kind of crazy, scary thing that happened. So they were just eating, and then one of the rich attendees, along with his wife, um, they are regulars, so they come all the time, they know the chef, they know his antics, Um, but at one point, 
the chef is just starting to get annoyed with all of them. And he realizes that no one is like kind of taking in the food. They're all just eating it. They're not observing it. They're not thinking about it. Um, They're not appreciating all of his hard work. Yeah. So he kind of gets annoyed and he goes after the rich guy and his wife um, saying, you know, you guys come here every week. Can you name me one meal? Um, what do you remember? And of course they don't remember. They're just rich. They just come to spend money and eat. And so he um, attacks the older man as he tries to leave. Like he's like, no, you're not getting off this island. And then he ends up cutting the man's ring finger off, like his left ring finger. And he orders him to stay. Of course, everyone in the room is shocked, like what's going on? And they realize, okay, like we need to leave. Like we kind of need to band together. But this man and his, um, you know, employees are crazy. So. For right now, we're just going to have to, like, eat the food and play along. So that happens. And, you know, the next meal, one of the um, chefs ends up sacrificing himself for, you know, the head chef. And he ends up um, killing himself in front of all the guests. And then at that point, I don't know. I feel like that was, like, I don't know. I feel like at that point, some people were still kind of, like, is this a part of the show? Like, are we getting dinner and a show? Yeah. Or is this real life happening? Because a lot of them, they didn't believe it. They just thought, like, oh, how that's funny. Like, it's dinner and a movie. But some people were like, no, like, he's really dead. You know, look at him laying on the ground. He has, like, a bullet in his head. And that's when they try to escape again. Yeah. And that's when they all realize we are not getting off of this island. We can't even get out of this room. Mm-hmm. So at one point... Um, they do kind of try to band together, but it just backfires and they ended up splitting the men and the woman um, separately. You know, the men kind of have to fend for themselves and the women are just kept within the restaurant to eat. And then that's when we start finding out more about each character individually, you know, why they were invited to the restaurant, um, how they know the chef, just kind of how they got there. And then kind of find out that all of them, like, not bad people, but they, you know, do bad things. And that's why the chef kind of brought them there because so it turns out this is their last meal together. So um, not only the chef, but just everyone there. It's kind of a way to take them out. Yep. It's like, so for example, the food critic who is there, uh, she's actually the person who quote unquote, you know, founded the, the chef. Um, she was like a world known food critic. She wrote a positive review about one of his meals mm-hmm. years ago, and that pretty much jump started his career. But as time has gone on, um, throughout the years, like she has done more harm in the food community than she has done good. Um, she's almost made, you know, going to dinner like more of a show not necessarily people actually enjoying the experience of eating but instead they're critiquing every single little detail because you know they want to be the next up and up and coming food critic uh the finance bros they work for the gentleman who actually finances the restaurant and they're also the ones who are forging documents to kind of hide money away as well as um swindling their company out of money Mm -hmm. And then the actor and his assistant, so the actor was cheating on his wife with the assistant, you know, um, the assistant was trying to get away, like, get fired from him, but they just kind of stayed together, so. And I think the reason he was there is hilarious. So he's, like, Milo said, he's a washed-up actor, and um, 
chef tells the story of how, like, his only day off, he went to see a movie starring that actor, and it pissed him off so much that years later, he still holds it against him. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, just kind of Nick, the main character. So he is just a regular person compared to the rest of them, but he was kind of an annoying, like, pestering foodie, so I think that's why the chef invited him, um, just to show you, like, hey, this is not all it's cracked up to be. Um, the food industry, just the people that are eating and those that you're serving. Yeah, he's like thirsty to, for yeah. attention. Like he he was very annoying. He was also super rude mm-hmm. to Margot and the staff. Also, he just wasn't respecting the chef's wishes. If he was such like a big inspiration to him, he had his phone on the entire time taking pictures, even though that was just like a big no no. Mm-hmm. Put your phone away. So after they split the women and the men up, they do the little you know obstacles or whatever. They bring them all back into the room together. Um, and at this point, everyone realizes we are not making it off of this island mm-hmm. alive. So they continue to kind of do what the chef wants. They play along with his little game. They also, they're all, you know, shaken up at this point because they've seen multiple, multiple people die in front of them. Um, and at this point, Chef sends Marco to his private residence to get like a barrel or something, some sort of like drum. Um, and while she's there, she finds a CB radio and she tries to call for help. So, you know, a few minutes pass in the movie and I think, you know, a Coast Guard um, person comes to the island and you know, they enter the, the, the dining mm-hmm. hall and they're kind of like, does anyone need help? And everyone is trying to, like, show, you know, like, we're hostage. Like, they're trying to say we're hostages without, without saying without saying it because they don't want to piss the chef off. Um, so the Coast Guard asks for an autograph from the, the famous guy, gets it. Um, and then at that point, what happens? Um, at that point, they all think, oh, he's going to save him. He takes out his gun, like, kind of pointing to the chef, like, okay, guys, I'm going to get you out of here. And then he shoots the gun, and it's just one of those, like, toy guns. It's a lighter. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lighter. That's what it is. And they're all just kind of like, what? And it turns out he's working for the chef. He's, like, watching over the island. So he was in on it, too. Yes. And that's... It was funny. I mean, not funny for them, but it was funny for people watching. Right. Um, And then, so, you know, chef kind of makes them either kill themselves or or he kills them. So at this point in the movie, we see um, Nick's chef dreams kind of come into fruition. Um, so he's picked on by the chef, and he's allowed to go back into the kitchen and cook. And, you know, Nick is super high. He's like, this is my dream. This is why I want to come here in the first place. But as he gets back in the kitchen, um, he realizes this is a lot of pressure. You know, the chef is yelling at him, all of the um, other, like, sous chefs. They're just yelling at him. You know, it's a lot of intensity within the kitchen. He's cooking um there's people moving all around him and he makes this like really really bad meal what was it like lamb chops undercooked lamb chops something else I don't it was know. a very basic dish it was lamb chops leeks and like some bull crab balsamic things or something but it wasn't edible it was yeah it wasn't <laughs> edible and and chef used this as an it to make an example of the fact that mm-hmm. people all think that just because they go to these tastings and, you know, they watch all the shows on the Food Network that they're actually chefs and, you know, they're these great cooks. And just kind of points out, like, this dish back in the day used to be, like, you know, something elegant. Now people have it for a regular Wednesday night meal. Like, yeah. you're not special, Tyler. Go sit down and shut up. 
And so um, Tyler at this point, you know, he's very into um, the food world, um, very into food critics and all, all of that. And he takes it very personal. And at this point in the movie, we realize why he wanted to come in the first place, why he was super hyped about this invite. So as it turns out, the chef kind of berated him and all of this. And he ends up sacrificing himself for the chef, for the meal, and just for the whole event. So he ends up killing himself. Um, just, I don't know what to give himself away to the chef just to say like, I'm not worthy of you or your food or what you create. And then at this point, Margo, you know, comes up with the bright idea to say, I don't like your food. It's gross. And, uh, chef then prepares for a burger. And it's interesting because a little bit before this, this is when he kind of picks Margo at the group because he realizes, oh, she's not like the rest of them. She's just a normal person. So as a way for the group to communicate with the chef, you know, everyone's trying to get out. He is only speaking to her. Like, she can go up after every course and ask him what he wants, what she needs them, or what he needs them to do, like, as a group. Um, yeah, she she is the only one that he'll communicate with. And like Shine said, um, he sent her to his private residence um, just to go get some stuff for him. But she is... Not only the main character in the movie, but the main character at the dinner because he's trying to figure out who she is and why she's there with the rest of them. Yeah, she's almost like the teacher's pet, but in an instance, like she doesn't want to be the teacher's pet. Um, So he makes her the burger and then he lets her leave. And at that point, everyone else realizes, well, she's gone and we are not getting out of here. Like at this point, they've, they've accepted their fate. So it's the final course dessert. Yum. Now I just need something sweet. Yes. So Chef gives this whole grand speech about why they're there, why he's done this, you know, how he's come to be the ruined person that he is, how his life is so terrible. And then he's like, you know, we're going to take it back to the good old days. We're going to have a childhood American classic. All American dessert. All American dessert. It is not cherry pie. It is a s'mores. And when they, when his team brings out the ingredients to make the s'mores, it is so theatrical, but it's also, <laughs> it's so funny because he puts, like, they put this vest of marshmallows over all of them, um, give them, like, a graham cracker hat, and then he, um, do they do chocolate syrup, too? Yeah, they start pouring it, like, all over them, they pour it on the floor, up on the tables, and then they light the place on fire. Yeah, so roasted marshmallows. And while this is happening, Margo is on the Coast Guard boat um, trying to get away. It's not working at first, but she ends up starting it up. And then as she is driving away in the distance eating her burger, she kind of sees the restaurant go up into flames with everybody in it. Yeah. So that's how the movie ends. There's no, like, nothing else after that. You don't find out what happens to them, like, what happens to her when she gets back to land. Um, she's just eating her burger. Yeah, so what was your favorite part of the movie? I think my favorite part of the movie was definitely the Coast Guard. Um, I thought that was funny. Like, I knew they weren't going to get out that easy. I was, like, thinking in my head, oh, he's probably working for him, or, um, like, he's not going to save him. He's going to walk away and, like, not realize what was going on in there. So that was funny. And then also, just toward the end, the burger, like, the simplest meal got her out of there because they were eating all this extravagant stuff all night, but... She was just like, I want a burger, and he made her a burger, and she got to get as takeout, and she got to leave. So, I don't know, that kind of shows 
simplicity of everything. I would say I don't necessarily have a favorite part. I like the entire movie, but I do have a favorite character. Elsa, who is like the chef's assistant. She's mm-hmm. not the sous chef. I think she's like his personal assistant. She was very dry. Like she had a very dry sense of humor. Um, and she was like kind of a no-nonsense kind of person. I remember there was one scene where they weren't served bread. They were served dips. And one <laughs> of the finance bros asked her for bread. Like, Do you know who I am? And she's like, yeah, I know. You're still not getting bread. <laughs> and like she had a few jokes in there, but she was so even-killed, straight-faced, like, I feel like a lot of people didn't get the jokes. I might have been one of the only people in the theater laughing at that point. Um, but yeah, she was definitely my favorite character in the movie. Yeah. So just some of the plot points that we wanted to talk about in the movie. Um, as Shine mentioned earlier, Nick was so concerned about um, Margot, you know, smoking her cigarettes, messing up her palate. We were just thinking, um, why was he so concerned about that? Because she wasn't the initial guest that um, he was going to bring. She just happened to be tagging along. And then also he knew what was going to happen at the end. Yeah, he's like one of the only people who actually knew that they were all going to die. Yeah, so I don't understand why the cigarettes were such a big thing. Like, even if she did mess up her palate, why does it matter she was going to die at the end? Or so he thought. Yeah, I think he was just more concerned with the fact that her smoking was going to somehow impact his... <laughs> his ability to fully taste and experience and appreciate the meal. Like, he was just being selfish. Yeah, and then also just to go along with that, if he knew what was going to happen um, and he knew that he couldn't bring his original intended guest, why didn't he bring somebody else? Like, at this point... I think that just goes kind of to what Chef was trying to prove, um, the us versus them, like the servers and the people being serviced. Yeah, he did want to impress the chef, but as the chef realized, like, this wasn't the original attendant guest, so at the end, it just kind of made the chef matter, because the chef was asking Margot, like, who are you? Why are you here? Are you really Margot? Just, like, stuff like that, trying to figure out who she is more than trying to, you know, serve the guests their meal. Yeah, like, Tyler definitely thinks that he is in a different class um, and he thinks that just because he's the person being serviced that he's in a higher class than the people serving him Um, and that's just kind of how people are rude to service workers you know people are rude to people who make less money than them and I think this movie does a really good job of pointing that out like even when the sous chef kills himself in front of everyone the reaction to that I feel like was a lot less than when the old rich guy got his finger cut off. Like, just the way that everyone reacted was kind of like, oh, dang, he just put himself in front of us. Oh, well, but then when the old guy got his finger cut off, like, everyone was up in arms about it. And then just kind of the next thing, so just the spectacle of the whole event. So just them going to a secret tasting that costed, I don't know, thousands of dollars. It's kind of being this exclusive event. So there was spectacle just going all around it, but also when they realized that stuff started happening, like the chef killing himself, the um, older gentleman getting his finger cut off, we were just thinking, you know, why didn't they all band together? Kind of, you know, like the fear of the unknown. And I don't know, for me, I guess one thing they didn't want to do was kind of they want to cross the imaginary class lines. like. I don't know, they're not with us, they're not our group, so we can just swim for ourselves. But in the end, I think there was like the same amount on each side, so they really could have gone together and took them out if they wanted to, or at least use their brains or something to 
figure out how to get out of there. For sure. Um, I definitely think this movie also points out that people will just eat anything just because someone tells them that it's it's good or it's fancy. But I think this movie also does a really good job of highlighting the fact that people will pay so much money to go to one of these secret menus or food events and the food is not even that good all the time like I've been to one before and they served me an egg with mayonnaise in it and at first I thought it was like a deconstructed deviled egg and to find out it was literally just a hard-boiled egg filled with mayonnaise that's disgusting like the first three courses were so heavy on the mayonnaise I was almost about to be like I don't want this anymore but they just put mayonnaise and caviar and everything and the food did not taste that good but it was expensive, so I'm not gonna lie, I ate it. Also, I feel like they didn't um, come together. They didn't question it at first because it's just people are willing to endure anything for the spectacle. A lot of them are rich. A lot of them thought, oh, this is a part of the show. This is a part of the menu. They didn't want to accept the first kill or just the missing finger. They didn't think it was real because you know it was a part of the bit. Like like I mentioned earlier, dinner and a movie, and then also how just this experience, um, how. They paid all this money eating all these extravagant, expensive meals. But at the end of the day, the thing that saved the only remaining character was the cheapest thing on the menu, you know, just like a regular all-American cheeseburger. So just within this event, um, along with the food tasting and just the other important people that were there, I feel like they just felt um, this was not about the food. It's just about the extravagant experience, you know, documenting it for um, social media as Nick was doing even though he was supposed to rather than just being there for um, the experience being there for the meal being there to eat from this world-renowned chef yeah it's kind of like I don't know if you've seen this meme uh, from a couple years ago where I guess they're like at some sort of concert or something and everybody in the audience has their phones out to try to get the best picture and there's like this little old lady who's there smiling um, and she's the only person who's actually like watching the show and experiencing it, whereas everyone else is so concerned with getting the perfect shot that they're not really enjoying what's happening. They're not living in the present. Like they're not um, really taking in everything that's going on around them. I kind of disagree with that. I don't know because if I go to a concert, I'm not the one to record the whole show. I know a lot of people do that. I usually just record like my favorite song or something, like two videos max. But just because people have their phone up the whole time, I don't think that means that they're not enjoying it. People just want to look back on it. You can still hold your phone and listen to the music and see the artists. I know, I just feel like some people think like, oh, if I'm not posting this, if I'm not on my phone, if I'm not sharing this, like, oh, I'm better than you. But that's not really how it is. Are you saying that people who like live in the moment think that they're superior? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm... I would definitely take a picture, like... Yeah, it was not, if you have your phone up at the concert the whole time, so what? Like I stopped recording at concerts because I realized I never go back and watch them. Oh. <laughs> a few times that I did watch them, all you hear was screaming. Yeah. Are you singing? <laughs> <laughs> are you singing? Yeah. But it's just like sometimes people are so concerned with getting the picture, the perfect picture, you know, if they don't get that perfect picture, it kind of ruins the rest of their movies. Yeah, their some, movie of the of the some of us would know. Some of us would know. And yeah, I will say sometimes it is annoying, but it's not like it's happening for like the entire event. Yeah. And so what, even if you like at the concert heard you just talked about, even if someone is recording, like 
who care that's not affecting the performer from performing like unless they're like I don't know right in front of you and have their phone up the entire time so you're watching the concert through the phone but which I have I tried <laughs> to do for quite a few shows because we didn't get there super early so I was watching the concert through somebody else's phone um, but I would say I think Chef didn't want it recorded <clears throat> because he and he actually said this you know thanks to all of the social media and the critiques and the food critics and da 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 people no longer eat to like enjoy eating. It's just almost like it's a to-do list. Like them going to this fancy restaurant is like a check in their bucket or a check on their bucket list. Like they're not actually enjoying the food. They're just there to say that they did it. Which, yeah, I do find a lot, especially, you know, TikTok. I feel like a lot of people, if you're like in a new area or just even like in your hometown and you want to find like a new restaurant, new food to try, the first thing, at least I do, I go on TikTok to find restaurants, which... I'm going to eat. I mean, yeah, if it looks cool inside, it looks cool, but I love trying new food, so that's just me, though. Yeah, I mean, I record I record what I eat all the time, but, like, I do a recording, and then I put my phone down, and I actually really enjoy my food. Yeah. But I feel like some people can't find that balance between the two. Yeah, between creating and just existing. Yeah. Okay, the ending, so they got taken out from dessert. What do you think, like, different ideas for dessert? So I personally, and this is just the way my mind works, and it makes me seem like I'm a really gory person, but I felt like cherry pie, but that would have turned this movie from like, what is it, like a comedy horror to like a slasher film. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to make them all like a cherry pie or something, that would have made it a lot more bloody. What about you? I don't know what kind of like desserts. Not like ice cream, because you wouldn't want them to freeze. Oh, that would be cool if you, like, flash froze them all yeah. with a taco jet. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, not like pie or something. I just feel like s'mores, like something handheld like s'mores, like individual, you know? But it's like the most basic dessert. Like, I make s'mores. Yeah, but it time. worked for them because there was, like, so many of them. So, like, an individual, like, they were taken out one by one. Yeah, and he's like, the, during his speech, he said, you know, fire purifies us and fire cleanses us. Well, I just feel like s'mores, s'mores are so basic. Like, but it worked. Because they did. I don't know. They were all, at the core of everything, they were all basic people. They just had money. Yes. Or they had the influence. So These overall. made up words. Yeah. <laughs> um, so overall, I really liked the movie. So we did see it in theaters originally. Um, everyone seemed to enjoy the movie, actually, where we were. And then you know it is on HBO now. So it is a good rewatch. Like, I enjoyed watching it for the second time it's like i got to see stuff that i did at the first time in theater so for sure i like to watch movies multiple times yeah because like the first time it's just for the experience mm-hmm. just to enjoy it and the second time is to like really pay see. attention and get those finer details so we can come up here and talk about it on the podcast sure it is. all right so if you're still here thanks for listening to the end episode number three complete check in the box yes, don't forget to like slash review, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are listening and you're listening to the end, please write us like a written review on whatever platform that you're utilizing because it does help to get the show out there and tell your family and friends about us. If there's any movies that you want to see, for sure, let us know. Movies or TV shows. Or TV shows. We don't discriminate. Not at all. But if there's anything that you want to hear our take on, let us know. We'll do it. Yes. So, this is the end of this episode. And we will... 
See you in two weeks. So thank you all for listening to this week's episode. And we will be back in your podcast apps in two weeks. With more previews and tea views. Bye. Bye.